Welcome to the In Short Supply Podcast. I'm your host, Daniela Buda. Together, we'll hang out and discuss all of the things, but especially what we are actually in short supply of ourselves. Let's get comfy. Well, thank you for being here. I have John with me today. Um, John, you are the host of the Wrong Advice podcast, which I was just on. Um, it feels like it was five minutes ago. Was that already a week ago? Mm, it was oh, like thanks. two or three days ago, yeah. Oh, see, I have no concept of time. None <laughs> I know. whatsoever. Time flies. <sighs> Am I having fun, though? Yes. Am I? I, know, I went are. to the beach yesterday, and I literally... Do you ever see those, like, I don't know if it was like on Twitter or a meme or whatever. And it was like, imagine you think that you're tougher than the sun. Oh, yeah. Like, that was me yesterday. Like, I put on sunscreen, like, once. And I was at the beach for, I'm not kidding you, 12 hours. Whoa. So I did think that I was tougher than the sun and apparently the moon as well. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm not, not, uh. Not feeling great. Not good. Not good. Yeah. But uh, I think we need to get to the hard-hitting question first. Are you ready? Sure. I'm ready. Did you watch Walk the Line? I watched Walk the Line. No, you didn't. Really? No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was going to be so impressed. (laughs) I did add it to my Up Next on Apple TV. It is there. I visually have it as a representation of something that I need to consume soon. All right. Um, But no. Okay, no, so I haven't watched it yet. I, I'm but, going to. It's on my list. Whatever. All right. So um, when I was on John's podcast, we he asked me what my favorite movie was. It was a split between um, Walk the Line and Shawshank Redemption. You had quite a few feelings about uh, Walk the Line being one of my favorite movies. So you promised that you were going to watch it. We'll see. You know, it's only been I, a couple of days. And it's fine. <laughs> I, apparently, it's been two weeks, and I don't. I don't know time. <laughs> But one thing I wanted to tell you, because it I saw it yesterday, and then we could move on. Um, did you know, because you had feelings about Jamie Foxx, I had feelings about Jamie Foxx. Do you know that's not his real name? I did know that. I did not know that. Well, because Fox is like F-O-X, and he spells it with two X's. And, yeah, yeah, but I feel like that's just like a like a seasoning, like a splash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't I know. I think his name is like Eric, or something yeah. like that. And it's I was something like, very normal. Yeah. I was like, that's bullshit. I imagine just being like, you know, like anybody, I'm just going to, I guess Marilyn Monroe is a good example. Like her name is friggin' or was Norma. I know. I get it. There, there, there are a lot of famous people who do not have like their, their actual name, name as their, yeah. Um, Megan Markle. Good example. I would say good example would be Madonna. Believe it or not, she wasn't born as just Madonna. Just Madonna. <laughs> you know her actual name? Because I don't. I have no idea. Couldn't that could be a podcast in and of itself just unveiling celebrity (laughs) and just being like you think you think that you know uh, madonna or whatever is like the coolest yeah well her name is is sarah yeah bring it back down to earth sarah smith (laughs) yeah it's just like taking people off pedestals which is something that i actually have to work on personally do you put people on pedestals Hmm. i used to i don't anymore do that i put myself on a pedestal Hey, that's, I mean, I guess that could be good, but also bad because you're still. A no, it's good. It's good. All right. Let's, let's table that. Why don't you, <laughs> Cause I can just hit the ground running. Why don't you introduce yourself and um, maybe tell the masses, you know, all seven people who listen to this, um, what the story is behind me and you be, being friends. 
Sure. So uh, I'm John Picciuto. I'm the host of the Wrong Advice podcast. I'm a photographer, podcast host. I uh, own a couple companies. Um, and Danielle and I have known each other for, I'm going to go with eight years um, since I wrote a viral article on the internet titled Why Chivalry is Dead from a man's perspective, not my title. I was just going to um, say, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Yeah, because it sucks. I'm not, I'm not taking credit for something that sucks. I mean, the article sucks too, but that's just, you know, don't eight years me. of hindsight for it. Well, yeah, of course. It didn't suck then, and I still don't think it sucks. <laughs> well, thank you. That's kind of you. Oh, um, so, you know, eight years ago, I wrote this article, and you wrote me a very nice Facebook message, you know, something to the extent of, like, you know, I related to this article a lot. It really struck a chord with me. And then we just kind of became friends, albeit digitally. Uh, ever since yeah Yeah, and and I you know I we mentioned this on on your podcast as well but like I think it was kind of just like a friendship that you know like has gone through many stages of you know we've kind of been like witnessing each other's lives you know through you know Instagram or, or Facebook or whatever it was but like I I appreciated that because it's still a constant even if we had never met um Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I always think it's funny when I think back to, you know, the fact that we've, I, you know, we're like orbiting in each other's lives. We have this mutual friends. We have, you know, uh, we were proximity wise close as far as when I was going to school uh, up by where you live. And now it's just kind of like, it's like natural, even though we've never met each other. Uh, I've, it's funny. I've in, in the last just few months since I've started my podcast, I've like I've had a lot of these conversations with people who I know digitally, not personally, yeah. and even met some of the people that I've known for six, seven, ten years that like may live in California or or Minnesota or wherever, and have a chance to meet these people. And it's just funny, you know. It's it's just I guess a you know a nature of the beast of how we live in a society where you're interconnected to millions of people. But right. yeah, I mean. I consider you a good friend, even though we've never drank together. (laughs) Agreed. And I know we do, we do have to make that, like make that happen. But I also feel like, um, so I think my, my question is, so you meet these people seven years, 10 years down the line, do they meet your expectations in person? Almost always. Yeah. I've never had, I've never had an experience where like, sucks. yeah, (laughs) yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, never going to see you again. Even if you like, you know, even if you don't meet a person, uh, in person for the first time that like you interact and then like know someone for a long period of time, you get to know a person, whether it's either via text or on the phone or FaceTime or, you know, sending memes, whatever you get to know a person. So I've, I've, I don't think I've ever encountered a situation where someone who I met that I've known for a long period of time hasn't matched expectations. Um, Dating would be another story for sure. (laughs) Oh yeah. I can't. Okay. So like I have no skin in that game, obviously, but I'm like, yeah. I was, I'm one of my good friends who I was with yesterday, she's single and it's hard. And she's like, you don't understand like what it's like. And I'm like, I don't think I want to understand like because (laughs) I even see like, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe it is this like digital, you know, like universe almost that we're living in where it's like, because you don't have to see people in person before you actually connect with them that like, it doesn't, it's like, they're not real. And then you meet them and you're like, Oh, hold on. Like, that's <laughs> it, not, that's not in right. a dating perspective. Yeah, it is 
it is different because you're trying to like at least during the pandemic and dating mm. you're trying to build a connection with someone and without that like in-person chemistry or seeing if you're compatible or even if like you just have like that flirting vibe yeah. in person versus like on FaceTime or via text it's impossible so I feel like I can, flirting, I can relate to that flirting yeah. via text just sounds like like a layer of hell that I don't want to be a part <laughs> of do you know what I mean like I just got like like secondhand embarrassment just thinking about it did you see me like like yeah crawling you into myself? pretty hard oh, yeah do you watch okay I've talked about this too many times but do you watch or have you watched the circle on Netflix I've not no okay proceed with I've heard I've heard yeah but it's it's that whole idea of like who you are on social media is not who you actually are in life and we've talked about this but like I find that so interesting in dating because you can you know be this like I don't know like perfect on paper person and when you meet them and it's just like oh no 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 that's that's not gonna do that's why I try to be like as unapologetically myself like whether it's on instagram or twitter i don't yeah. really use facebook because it's a dumpster fire as you would say um but yeah i I, uh, <laughs> I uh i just try to be as you know unapologetically myself as possible because i don't want someone to get this impression that i'm some way and i'm a completely other way like i'm just i am who i am always and as often as possible now, do you feel that you've always been that way or is this something that you no. have to like relearn for yourself? I think it's definitely something that I've relearned, yeah. um, you know, back in, you know, the early days of Instagram and and even like on Twitter and stuff, it's, you know, you don't want to be yourself. You want to be the hilarious, funny person mm-hmm. or like the guy the who's got the nice car. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I am extremely charismatic. That's not the best example, but the, the point ultimately being that you try to like play up for your quote unquote yeah. audience and that doesn't really get anyone anywhere. And um, it's a, it's like a digital rat race, uh, keeping up with the Joneses and it's, it was an exhausting time and I don't, I don't fuck with that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, I would agree. And I think this comes back to the conversation of like putting people on pedestals. And I think social media has a, a, a very natural way of doing that because we are seeing the highlight reel. And mm-hmm. I think that bringing everybody back down to earth would be kind of refreshing. Um, I just, that's how I feel, honestly. And I, okay, this is like, this is not going to be a nice thing. This is pretty controversial of me to say, but as a girl, you know, in my late twenties, I've been noticing on my like Instagram feed, like everybody I know, everybody I know, that's, that's a generalization. Maybe not everybody I know. The majority of people I know, whether it's like a friend or just like somebody I've known throughout the years or whatever, has like totally altered their, their, their faces. Like I'm talking lip injections. I'm talking Botox. I'm talking, I just feel like nobody that I know is like just letting themselves be. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the outlier and I'm like, I have no interest in like doing that, but I just feel like it's become so normal because of, I know I'm kind of getting off like totally like derailing, but like (laughs) getting like this, like social media, like presence, right. Where you have to just like, Oh, well I, I, now I, I have to get 
lip injections because everybody else has them. And I'm like, what's the unrealistic beauty expectations for women in society today is, yeah. Which I I honestly don't fuck with either or at all, I should say. Like, do you think that plays into, like, I'm genuinely curious mm -hmm. about, like, if that is uh, due to the fact that, like, you're already, like, married and, like, coupled, like, or do you think it, like, uh, like, would be irrelevant to one's relationship status? Um, that's, I mean, I think it's easy for me to say that, no, it doesn't matter, but I think on some level, whether it's, like, subconsciously or not, knowing that, like, I, you're good. (laughs) I'm good. Right. But also, I also don't ever want to be complacent in that either, because like, if I stop caring about the way that I look, not in an aesthetic way, but just in like a a self-love way that, um, that, that wouldn't be good for anybody. But I do think that if I weren't, you know, eight years into a relationship and also married, would I maybe be more concerned about my I guess digital presence maybe maybe yeah but I also I don't know I'm I'm I think I've always been a very low maintenance person that mm-hmm. I don't know I just don't think I would have the time like that's good I'm sure that's not common yeah I don't I like you know what I, I refer to myself as like body by old navy like that's where <laughs> I get all my clothes and like people nice. are like oh I just you know, I picked this up from this little boutique. I'm like, yeah, I can't relate because I got this for $6 and I'm happy with it. Like that's, which I mean, maybe I need to be a little bit more 28, but I I don't know. I just, uh, I, I think about like the episode of friends. Are are you a friends guy? I've I've watched it twice. I, uh, it's, it's okay. You're the one, you're the one that's like, it's not funny. Friends isn't funny. It's funny. It's, it's funny. It's just not like, our generation has made it into this thing that it's like, and, and like at the time when it was on, I just didn't watch it. So I think getting into it later in life, it's hard for me to be like on it again. Like yeah. from, if you watched it when it was on, you love it unequivocally. If you didn't yeah. watch it when it was on, you're just kind of, in, I'm just kind of indifferent to it. I laughed. I yeah. thought it was entertaining. It just wasn't like this. Phenomenon. Right. For yeah. me. But like, I've watched it twice, like all the way through and, it's funny and it, you know, it's a good thing to kill the time when I'm like on the Peloton or something, but yeah, you know, it's, it's background noise. That's how I see it now. But the whole point was Chandler, who is my favorite character. I, that's like, I'll, I'll die on it. He's the best one. Probably mine too. Um, when he was like, listen, I, I'm not boring. I just, I want to be in a comfy chair and be in bed by nine. Like that I do fuck (laughs) with. Like I want to be in a comfy chair. I want to be in bed by nine and I don't want to be, I don't want to say sorry for it. I don't blame you. This sounds like a very nice thing. Simple. (laughs) By the way, before we get into this great shirt that you're wearing. Nice shirt. Oh, thank you. Now let me ask you the office, which can do no wrong. Did you watch it when it was on or was it an after? I did not watch it when it was on and I love it unequivocally. good. It's just yeah. So, so that's an interesting caveat to the fact that I didn't watch Friends when I was on and it didn't really do it for me. Um, yeah, The Office, I think, I mean, it couldn't be made today. It's no. like <laughs> major Not problematic. Oh, but, yeah. uh, no, it, it would was be so, like I've, I've probably watched The Office six times. Like I'm right there with you. I think maybe four yeah. for me. Four. Yeah. It's a lot of episodes. It's just it is it's outstanding comedy. Yeah. Now, 
controversial question. How do you feel about it after Steve Carell left? Do you still think it was good? It wasn't as good. I mean, the yeah, um, yes and no. Like, there were moments in the last season that were, like, fine um, and fine. funny. But it was, like, it you know, like, I don't want to say that, you know, Michael was the heart of the show, but it was. And you pull that out and, like, the the – show became more about like stories mm -hmm. of like what was going on and less about like the funniness that they were like creating and uh that kind of like you know detracts from the overall yeah humor of the show i also think that like it it might have it felt like it was trying a little bit too hard at the end to be funny whereas yeah. it was more natural when i mean spader is hysterical in that show yeah like, oh super funny he, like and just like the whole premise of that character was very very funny but it just I didn't think of him at the end yeah i was too it, it was funny like... and then it was like it felt forced but it was yeah you know it was, what right. was the girl's the, i still get i still get teary-eyed watching the last episode oh, like shows too. up to the wedding oh, oh yeah no so great. that yeah I, I mean, like, I'm not a cyborg. Like, I do have a heart. The, the <laughs> end of the show was fantastic. But I just, what was the girl's name? The English woman who, what was her name? Red oh, hair. Uh, you know what I'm um, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, geez. Oh, my God. I can't yeah, remember her name. I, I, I know remember. what you're talking about. Because she's yeah. easily forgettable. Like, yeah, I couldn't stand her. I was like, why yeah. are you on this show? But it I felt, it felt like they were just like throwing shit at it. Right. Like, right. Like throwing spaghetti on a wall, seeing what's going to stick. Although like Idris yeah. Elba, that was a cool, that was a cool. That was funny. He was Will, funny Will too. Ferrell, Super yeah. funny. Yeah. So those were all good, but you can't, can't go wrong with, uh, with Michael Scott. Next controversial question. Shoot. Jim and Pam feelings, thoughts, good, not yeah. good. Good. More, more good than bad. My husband hates them together hates it it's so stupid it's amazing how polarizing that relationship is in like a fictional sense it's mm -hmm. hysterical to me um i, I don't know fight. i like it it's like it's mostly endearing i mean he did steal her from another guy that's like slightly problematic yeah, but um, sucked. oh my god yeah he's the worst but i'm just saying like you know there are like i don't know it's like it depends on your mood when you're watching yeah. the show. It's yeah. either super adorable and like endearing and, and amazing, or it's like, oh, Christ. Enough. Like, yeah. yeah. That's, I think, where Frank so, was at. Like, okay, we get it. Like, you, they, I think he was just getting like there. I think he, I think, well, this is how you know that Frank like literally doesn't give a fuck about anything. He's like, <laughs> once they like had their kid, like they were just so annoying. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm sorry. It's not like more or less <laughs> the case of life. Like Everybody. It, yeah. Yeah. That's how I know I'm not ready for kids because when somebody tells me about their kid, I'm like, oh, that's yeah, nice. Cool. Yeah. I like to sleep the whole night. Yeah, it's also like when they're like screaming, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's, they're so cute, <laughs> so cute. Yeah. All right, let's let's reel let's reel it in. This is literally see. This is why I, I affectionately refer to this as a dumpster fire that people don't appreciate when I say that. We've been on this call for 20 minutes, and I'm we haven't even talked about anything real. Um, tell us where the idea of the wrong advice podcast stemmed from if you will sure good question um so i i was inspired by you starting your own podcast like you know a year and a half two years ish ago etc yeah. and i i've always done like 
things to like creatively stimulate myself, whether it was writing for, you know, Elite Daily or the Thought Catalog or whatever. And I always consumed a lot of podcasts. So sometime around like December, November, I had convinced my brother to do a podcast with me. It was called the Daily Ramble Podcast. And it was just basically going to be us a couple times a week, like bullshitting about whatever, sports, movies, TV, et cetera. Uh, And then like the pandemic hit very shortly after that, we never really got into a groove. And I found myself stuck at home with a whole lot of time and not much to do. And I was like, well, you know, I loved the, the thought of starting my own podcast. I don't necessarily think I need to have another person to do it with me. So I started it and I thought I had like a million names in mind of like what I was going to call it. And I just thought like the wrong advice podcast was like very appropriate for like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. (laughs) And I want to have conversations with people who like have gotten to a certain point in their life, whether they're wildly successful or nowhere near where they want to be. And like the ultimate premise being that there's no right answer, like to where you're supposed to be at a certain point in your life. And that's kind of how I came up with it. And then it just kind of turned into this thing where I had a couple solo podcasts where I was talking about things that I've written or reacting to a movie or something that I watched. And I slowly kind of realized that I would much rather have it be me having conversations with like friends and people that I know, or people that I, you know, just don't know. And I DM and I want to have on my podcast. Yeah. Um, and it's like morphed into this thing that like, I'm, I'm super proud of. And I, I truly, really enjoy doing, um, and, uh, something that I'm just like really happy with what, you know, the, the, the processes have been like so far. Awesome. So you, you think you enjoy interviewing more than you enjoy just being on your own with a podcast episode? Yeah. I mean, like for me and like, I, I don't like, yeah, I guess it is like a quote unquote interview. I like having conversations with people more. Yeah. Interview like sounded just... a little pompous. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. It's like, I, I would much rather like be able to like pick the brain of another person that yeah. about something. And like, I've had conversations with photographers and actors and teachers and, you know, everyday people. And I I just would like much rather have like a conversation about life and like where people are at. Are they happy? Are they content? Like, like how did they get to where they are and like what is next versus just, I mean, like I fully plan on having solo podcasts interspersed between like the quote unquote interview episodes. Uh, I just have been pretty busy, like having a lot of these types of conversations. And yeah. like, for me, they're more rewarding than me, like hooking up my microphone and just talking for 20 or 30 minutes. I agree. I agree. I struggle with solo episodes more than, you know, having conversations because this is easy. I think being like just you and, and having to, to figure out what you're going to talk about in, in whether if it's like a, a vague or broad general way, or like having a specific focus that day, I think it's so much easier to just kind of have these for lack of, you know, sounding like a total, you know, douche, but like these organic <laughs> conversations. Yeah. Uh, it's I, true. It's funny. I, I've had, so my individual episodes, like some of the random bullshits that I have on there yeah, uh, are some of my better performing episodes, Agreed. which is weird to me because I've interviewed some like fairly, 
I don't use the word famous, but like fairly like established people, whether it's photographers or actors or whatever. Yeah. And those episodes have done tremendously well, but I've also had conversations with myself and they've done well. I think overall, yeah, I think overall, I just like, it's, it's exceeding my expectations in terms of like the people, the number of people who are listening and uh, how much fun I'm, I'm having and doing it. Well, I think that that plays a part in it. I think when, listeners can tell that you're enjoying it whether whether it's on your own or with someone else like that that enhances the experience and I agree with you like some of my what I would think are like my you know all right episodes people really you know identify or or gravitate toward and then like the ones that are just like my husband and I like bullshitting back and forth like people like that and I'm like well because we're not trying so hard you know, mm-hmm. like it's I think relatable. Yeah, I think that's the that's the the sweet spot. Um, okay, so wrong advice podcast. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Go to college. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that in like partial jest and uh, partial yeah. sincerity. Yeah. Um, it was the greatest four years of my life. Like I, I met lifelong friends. I had tremendous experiences. Like it was so fantastic. Um, nothing that I'm doing in life is directly in relation to like the money that I spent or the time that I spent there. Right. Um, if I'm fortunate enough to have children one day, like I would definitely much rather see them travel around the world for six months or a year mm-hmm. and spend a hundred thousand dollars doing that than uh, getting a piece of paper. I, uh, yeah. I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens, um, you know, long-term in, in probably just our lifetime with, uh, college. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't want to say it was bad advice, but it was, uh, misaligned to like what I ultimately have found later in life, which is like a creative career that yeah. is much more fulfilling than, than any, you know, finance job or anything I've done in the past. Yeah. I mean, I don't How about you? What's the worst advice you've ever gotten? Ooh. Um, professionally, I know right off the top of my head. Um, professionally, the worst piece of advice I've ever received is uh, from a fellow teacher telling me to not smile at my students until Christmas. <laughs> nice. Like, what? That's, that's great. Yeah. Right? Okay. Like, just to be this, like, like, mistrunchable, like, drill sergeant. Mistrunchable. Like, I, this is actually the second mistrunchable reference I've made in two days. I don't know what's happening here, but. Got my told on the brain. Right. Well, you know, I just think, she, you know, mistrunchable might've been a misunderstood character. Um, I don't think that at all. <laughs> I just relate to her. Okay. Like don't look cute with my hair in a bun. Um, like to wear baggy sweatshirts. Uh, You're 6'6", 300 right. pounds. I, yeah. yeah. I'm also a, a hulking person. Right. No, I just feel like. Um, yeah, I mean, there could be a whole other movie on just Miss Trunchable's like origin story, but, um, no, I, uh, I, that was, that was the worst piece of advice I ever got professionally of not to like show any sort of like personality to your students until December, like what is that going to establish? Um, I also take a lot of pride in like the rapport I build with my students. So like that was like one piece of advice that I like listened to in the sense of like, I heard you, but I'm totally not going to do that. Um, personally, um, worst piece of advice personally, this is like a funny one, but it's the first one that came to my mind. Like don't eat bread. 
you know, like as a woman, like stay away from oh carbs. My God. Like me, I'm like, uh, I'm not going to do that. If I didn't eat bagels, I'd probably be like 130 pounds. I'd be shredded out of my mind. I mean, but that's like just terrible advice. Don't eat carbs. Yeah. I mean, I just hit that person in the face with a French baguette and call it a day. I'm pretty sure it was my mother, (laughs) but I don't know if I'm going to do that. All right. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know who it was, but like, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that's another, you know, like a body image thing of like, well, don't eat that and you'll be happy. And it's like, no, I'm going to be very unhappy, which (laughs) is funny because when I was in college in Caldwell, Calandra's was right there, obviously. And um, we would go out at night and, you know, make our way back to the dorms at like three o'clock in the morning when Calandra's was baking their bread oh to God. like distribute to other, you know, grocery stores, restaurants, whatever. And they used to leave it outside, like in the back alley to like cool off. And we used to walk that way. So we, as you know, college students who may or may not have been under the influence would just take it. We would just take loaves of bread and like run oh my away. God. Um, this is reminding me of, I did something super similar and now I'm having a hard time remembering where we were. I think we might've been in Memphis for my cousin's wedding and we were out the night before. Yeah, I think that's where it was. And uh, I had gotten a little drunk and we were at a bar and everything was closed, but there was a bakery next door that was baking fresh bread and leaving it outside to cool off. And I somehow convinced the guy who spoke very little English to like sell me a loaf. And I ended up buying like three loaves and like handing them out to people at the bar. And it was like, like a huge hit. You're like Santa. Like yeah. I, uh, that, yeah, we ended up making friends with like the bakers that were there at night because one of my friends um, worked there as like a, like a server. So they would then like it it kind of became this thing where like we would go out and then we would go to calandras and they would like make pizzas and bread so yeah i'm gonna eat bread because i yeah. i fucking love it right yeah rightfully um, so oh man yeah that's 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 pretty shitty advice but <laughs> all right fine so do you have an idea of what the best advice you ever received is it's a good question you know i asked that question a lot and uh I don't think I've ever taken the time to think about what the best piece of advice I have been given. Um, I don't know. I think the best piece of advice that I can give, Mm. but maybe not that I was given is like, just like do what you need to do to be happy. Like I'm going to have to come back to on like what the best piece of advice I was ever given, but it's like you spend a lot of time in your life trying to figure things out and it's easy to feel like you're never going to get there. And uh, I think if you spent less time like worrying about like being happy versus like trying to like not worry or stress yourself out about the things that you don't have in your control, um, you'll, you'll lead a much happier life. Um, So for me, that's like my piece of advice, like stop sweating the small stuff and all that bullshit that like you can't control, like the amount of people that you've fought that follow you on Instagram or like the likes that you get and all that shit that doesn't really matter. And, you know, I, I think there's enough constant reminders in life, like on a daily basis, like how short and fragile things are. And like, to oh, just yeah. take like stock and appreciation for the limited amount of time that we have. And, um, you know, obviously these are all caveated with that. They're easier said than done, but yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, I think, yeah, if we're living in like, you know, a simulation of like, oh yeah, like everything's great. No, no worry. No problems. Nothing's, but of course, like, but I think that, you know, 
with like the good and the bad, you're going to have both, but being able to, to pivot and say like, all right, this might be bad right now, but it's not all bad. Uh, when you were talking, I was thinking of um, the movie, Little Miss Sunshine, where he's mm, like, do yeah, we love and movie. fuck the rest? Like that. Yeah, I that, completely uh, agree. Yeah. And you know, it's so simple, but it's like, you also are like, I can't do that. I can't, how, who do I, no, me? But I mean. But then you do it, you start your own podcast, you know, yeah. then you, you know. And you keep going. You t- yeah. I mean, like I- I've been fortunate in that for some reason I have an extreme amount of irrational confidence in myself to do whatever the fuck I want. And um, that's like picking up a camera t- to start photography. That is, you know, buying a microphone to start a podcast. Like I just don't care. Like I want to find the things that will, like fill me up and make my life enjoyable. Yeah. And I do them. And like, I, I get a lot of messages from like friends and family and other people who are like, wow, it's like so amazing that you do all this stuff. And I was like, no, it's not it's just like me trying to figure out the things that like I want to do with my life that are like, not related to earning a living that are not related to like a nine to five or something that's just going to like suck the life out of me. Right. And I like, I think it's like a, a like a bit of a blessing that I'm able to, uh, you know, just go for things. Like I don't, I'm, I have no fear of failure. I failed a million times in my life. I have no fear of rejection. I've been rejected a million times in my life. And I think once you can get to a point and it's for sure, certainly comes with age that yeah. you realize that like all of the rejection and all of like the negativity that you can encounter in doing something new is an extremely relatable thing. You're more likely to take a chance on something that you love or could love. That's so good. I, I, I also, I, I love that idea of like, cause you said like, I'm not afraid of failure. I'm not afraid of rejection. I think that is the biggest thing that stands in people's way of actually doing the thing that they want to do or think that they want to do is people are very afraid, myself included, like very afraid of sucking at something first. Yeah. You know, I've never done a lot of things because of the fear of not being good at it. Sure. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you don't. You're How do you gonna, get good at something if you don't try? Right. Like you're not a prodigy. I'm not fucking Beethoven where I'm going to like sit down <laughs> and like, oh, my God. Amazing. Like the first try. Like, nah. I, I just I don't know. I think it's a maybe that stems from like like being a kid and being afraid of like, you know, not being good in front of people. I don't know. I think it's that- like th- there are like just inherent insecurities that we have in ourselves that like we deal with on a daily basis. And yeah. I think those insecurities are heightened in a digital world where everyone that you know can see you fail mm-hmm. like at any moment. And I think that's why like we've had this conversation before where like the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like these are highlight reels. They're not like actual real life. Very few people are showing their lows. They're showing their highs pretty much only. So I think because it is such a heightened ability for us to like eat that rejection and everyone that we know to see it, like people are just afraid to take risks in life. And I think that's like a pretty shitty way to live. Agreed. I also think that you know, you said like, we're only showing our highs and not our lows, but we're, and we're only showing our highs and making it seem like there are only highs. Like, Mm -hmm. this is just, this is, this is how I live my life. I am always dressed amazing. I am always, you know, doing these fabulous, you know, going on these trips and going to these crazy, you know, bars. And it's like, oh no, I'll show you that on Tuesday. I didn't leave my couch for six hours. Like, you know, like nobody's doing that, which I mean, 
you're not a hero if you are doing it. It's just putting it into perspective of like, you know, like your life isn't always this like, like sunshine daisies. Right. right. And I think that's, we've talked about this too, but it's like, who are we fooling? Right. When we, if we're like, Oh yeah. Like, like I can't, I'm never looking at someone else's, you know, profile and being like, wow, they do the coolest things every single day. Like, no, I also know that you have a full-time job and you probably hate it. Yeah. So like, let's, let's, I would like to just see a happy medium. I feel like there needs to be one social media platform, even if we create it, that's just like mundane. Like, here's my, you know, boring sandwich that I had for lunch. That's not Instagram worthy, but like, I liked it. It was good. Or like, I'm, I'm, hey, yeah, I'm completely with you. <laughs> I went to a restaurant. It sucked. Moving on. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I, truly that's, I, I like, I try to, to be like as articulate and like open about like the things that I have going on. So like I use like different places for different things, like Instagram, like I'm only posting like my photos and like my, my like personal work that like I want to show people. And then like Twitter, like I'm just like tweeting a million things, like any diarrhea (laughs) thought that comes into my mind. And like you use different things for different reasons, yeah. but like, I like, I'm extremely articulate. Like if I'm like having a bad day or I'm depressed or like I'm sad or like I'm happy or like things are good. Like, I think like whether like me being honest about the things that I'm feeling is helping anyone, I don't know, but like, I would much rather be like extremely, um, you know, relatable and honest about the things that I'm going through than like faking it. Yeah. I agree. I think, you know, it's bad advice. Fake it till you make it. That's bad advice. I don't, I don't think that's bad advice. Really? Always. It is, it advice. is, it is occasionally bad advice. It is a bad advice if you're like maliciously faking the fact that you are XYZ. Okay. okay like, I'll I, I give you a good example because like I had a conversation recently with uh, like, she's now like one of my, like, I love this human being. Her name's Taylor Valentine. She's a photographer. And like, we, we had like a very amazing conversation. I find her just such a genuinely fascinating human being, but like, we are both quote unquote photographers, but like Taylor has like shot the cover of sports illustrated. Taylor has like done portrait work with like the most famous models, athletes, like people on the planet. And like, for me to consider myself the same thing as her is like hysterical to me. We're nowhere near in the same like stratosphere as one of another, but like, this is where like the whole fake it to make it thing. Like, well, is like in some extent, a like self-fulfilling prophecy. Like I'm putting it out there that this is my thing. This is the thing I'm doing. And like, someday I'm going to shoot the cover of a magazine and someday I'm going to be working with xyz it's just not today and you know we talked about this when you're on my podcast it's like super easy for people to get discouraged and compare their chapter one with someone's chapter 50 and taylor is on chapter 240 because she's crushing it and like i'm on like chapter seven and like that there's nothing wrong with that and like that's totally okay i i I, okay fine so i take it back um (laughs) but i do think that i think what you just spoke of wasn't really faking it or like fake it till you make it. I think it was more like just like manifesting what you want. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I yeah, think. And I, I mean, I I feel like I, that that in and of itself is super powerful because I think when you have a goal and you you are focused on it and you're you you speak on it as if it were actually happening in real time or or you know it's happened, 
I think that makes a difference. Like instead of saying like, oh, I'm going to do, or I, I want to do this. Like, no, I'm doing it. Like I'm doing that thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think that is, that's powerful in and of itself because you're, you're like calling your own shot. And, and that's not something that people do as easily as I, as I think they do. I think everybody, I, I agree. you know, I agree. it's, I don't know. I feel like, and, and we've talked about this too, but I think that being somebody who puts out something like, you know, creating a podcast or, or photography or, you know, fill in the blank, there's such a, a piece of vulnerability with that, that you, you know, you manifest and you, you're faking it and you're doing all of these things, but you also have like a really real example of like the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I'd rather for me, I'm okay living in that reality and not being like, Oh, look, I'm amazing. And, you know, I think that faking it is, is where like dreams go to die. Yeah, I would agree with you for sure. Yeah, no, I I agree with that completely. Yeah. I think the, the vulnerability aspect of it is I, uh, I'm not entirely sure why I'd like to like drill into why, but like, I don't feel like uh, concerns or like vulnerable when I'm putting this stuff out. Like maybe I would have like 10 years ago, like in my mid twenties. Um, but like today, like, I don't give a shit. Like I am unapologetically myself. I like make photographs. I have a podcast and I'm going to put it out. And like people who want to support me will support me. People who don't give a shit, aren't going to give a shit. And like, to me, that doesn't really like impact anything that I do, which is like an incredibly freeing feeling. And I don't know. I know you're a little bit younger. I don't know if you feel that way also. I do not feel that way. That's, that's, I wish I did. A couple couple years. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing. Like everybody always says like wisdom comes with, you know, experiences and age and, you know, all of those things, Um, which I would very much like to fast forward to that. Um, But I do think that I have definitely a different perspective because maybe, maybe it's because I'm younger. Maybe it's because I'm not as, you know, secure within myself, but it's, it's, you know, it's for me personally, it's putting something out there and then immediately being like, how is this being received? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think that I, 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 I do know what you mean. I, I, do, I do. I do know what you mean. I just have like a very, like I said, hard time relating. I think that like, the, I, if I could figure out where I have this immense irrational confidence in myself and like, I could articulate it in a way I would have like a best-selling book or like <laughs> some fucking product to sell or something right. because I, I look at things like like for instance like uh, during the pandemic like I got super heavy like obviously I was sitting on my couch being a fat fuck and like just I I have like oh, the God. revert like not not to like make light of like a very serious disorder but like I had like reverse body dysmorphia like I would like still look at myself in the mirror and be completely satisfied with the fat fuck that I was oh my God, and stop. like that's so mean no, it's just, it's just, just honest. It's just honest things. So it's like, I, I just I have could, a hard time with listening to you call yourself that. Well, I'm just saying it's like, it's just truth. Right. Okay, so it's yeah, like, fine. if I could figure out the thing that innately allows me to do the podcast, do the photography and not give a fuck what anyone thinks. Like, I think that, that it's one of the reasons why I'm doing this, right. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I'm having these conversations with people because I genuinely want everyone to feel the same way I do for no reason other than I think it will just make people a lot less stressed and things easier. <laughs> I agree. I, I feel like if you could bottle that up, it like, it's, it's a game changer. I really do think it is like, because 
you, if I can, if I may, like, I think you have a really nice way of being confident and, and secure within yourself, but also not being arrogant. Like that's the difference in my, from yeah. my perspective, like, you know, I think it's very easy to, to think those two things are like synonymous when they're not like mm-hmm. if as a woman, if you're confident, it comes with, oh, but then you're like a bitch or you're an asshole. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, for so I think yeah. for you, like you have this really nice way of being secure within yourself, self-deprecating a little bit, but I think that mostly like being confident in yourself, but you, you're not coming across as like a dick. And I feel like it's like, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> that, well, I appreciate that. I think it's like, you know, number one, an age thing. And two, like I've, I've eaten my humble pie, right? Like I yeah. experience enough uh, rejection. I've experienced enough like negative things in life that like I can be confident without being a jerk off anymore. Yeah. Like in my twenties, like I maybe was definitely an asshole. Like I, I like I've, I've <laughs> I maybe my... was definitely, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like I, I would love to say that, like I've had it figured out my entire life and I've only ever like farted roses and like whatever, but it's like never been, it's not that way. Yeah. Right. Like you get, to, you get to certain points in your life where like you realize mistakes that you've made, you realize yeah. like that, like you're, I don't have it all figured out. And that moment, like it's just happened in the last couple of years where I've like realized, like, I don't have all the answers. It's, it's an incredibly uh, satisfactory feeling to like get there. But uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh yeah. No, I'm just, I have like, like envy listening because you saying like, I don't have, you're young. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really feel that young. Is that like, is (laughs) that you're a teacher? (laughs) Right. And I just feel like, okay. So I remember, I don't know how many years ago this was a while ago, but like Adele came out with her album 25 and all she was talking about was how like, she's getting older. And I remember being (laughs) like, she's 25. Like, what are you talking about? And now like being 28 and not feeling 28, like, I, I think that that that's a huge, I don't know if it's an obstacle or if it's more of just like an awareness of like, I am young, but I, I feel like I'm a hundred. And I think that's <laughs> life experiences. Like I think growing up with sick parents, I think, um, seeing, you know, we've talked about this, but like having a friend die, have, you know, going through these, these like, you know, really tough things. Like you get those chips on your shoulder, which maybe like add a year or two to what you, you know, might like just sprinkle in some, like, you know, you're, you're 13, but you also could get an AARP card if you want one. Yeah. No, I feel that. I think it's like, that's a very interesting and funny way to put it. But like, you know, it's, it's just like a daily struggle. I think it's like, you have to like, just be perspective based on the fact that like, there's a quote from some song uh, by Ron Pope. That's like the years go fast, but the days go slow. And like yeah. every day feels like a slog at some point. Like some mm-hmm. days you fly by, it's like 6 PM. You're like, Holy shit. Where did they go? Other days it's like 11, 15. And you're like, Jesus, what is this day like dragging on so bad for and then like you reach a certain age where like, I think for me, it was like 25, 26, 27, where it's like, this thing's just like a train that doesn't stop. And I feel it's that. like, like I have like these, you, you, ha- you get to these weird points in your life where like, you know, I'm almost at the age where my father had me and mm-hmm. like now that like opposite and like, I'm the same age that my uncle was an uncle and I'm an uncle. It's like these weird things start happening where 
like it can easily make you feel like a lot older but like you know my entire life of 35 years has taken a fairly long period of time to get here and that next 35 years is going to take just as long although it's going to feel possibly shorter but yeah no I think you're so right and I think you know even sometimes I still think it's 2010 and I'm like wait (laughs) hold on like you're not you know you're not 18 you're not you know like but I think you're right if I think too hard it's it, it can screw you up because my age my mom had two kids yeah wow and you know, she had me, she had my brother when she was 23 and she had me when she was 26. Like the thought of having (laughs) two kids right now, like scares the bejesus out of me. But I also, I was just talking to my friend about this yesterday. Like, I think for me, like I'm at this weird threshold of like, I'm definitely not ready to have kids. Like definitely not ready but there's still that like societal pressure of like Mm -hmm. having a kid by a certain age that you're not an old mom and that you're not like you know you see all those things on like social media where it's like oh I had my kids young and now I'm 40 and like I can do what I want and my kids are old like good for you but I'm also not ready to be a mom now just so I can reap the benefits in 10 years yeah I, uh, I wrote an article like a long time ago, like about, like, I think it was like the pressure to be married by 30 mm. and, uh, it's weird. And, and again, I think it's like probably 95%, uh, you know, social media driven, but like there is like, there was inherent pressure in your twenties to like be married, have the house, have the kids, white pick a fence, the whole nine yards. Check the boxes. And, check the boxes and I never really ascribed to that timeline and like you know even now like I'm I'm appreciative of the fact that I haven't gone down that route yet because I know I wouldn't have been prepared for it and I know I wouldn't have succeeded in it and I think when you look at like every single one of my friends without exception is married almost I mean most of them have kids I don't look at that now as like a pressure for me to like join that quote-unquote club yeah. Um, I look at it as a, like a, as like an immensely, like, like I mentioned this on our podcast, like I am in a completely different place and, and space in my life than anyone that I know. And the relatability to that aspect is it's difficult. Cause like people who you spent like 20, 30 years being best friends with, like can no longer necessarily relate to the fact that like I'm a 35 year old single guy who's like trying new careers and stuff. And yeah. that's okay. Like you don't have to have the same life experience as someone to be their friend or to care about them as a human being and it it is I think like more or less just driven by the fact that we have like constant reminders like in media Mm -hmm. that we're supposed to be doing a certain thing and like that's not like a true thing (laughs) I mean you just said so many right things all at the same time that it's like I'm very rarely speechless but you're right (laughs) like and I think that you know I think that that idea of like 30 needs to chill. Like 30 is not what it was when our parents were 30 and it's not going to be what it is when we're 30, when our kids are 30. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I, I do feel it though. Like I, I would be lying if I said that I didn't think about it. Like maybe not in this, like, you know, like life crisis way, but I think that the idea of and we've talked about this, but like the idea of getting older is really scary and Mm -hmm. and wanting to, you know, live your life on your terms. But then there's also that like, you know, that almost like devil on your shoulder, like, but wait, 
wait, you have to make sure you do this. So I think that's, that's tough. And where I'm at right now is like, yeah, there was a time not that long ago where I didn't want kids at all. Like if you were to ask me five years ago, maybe even three years ago, do you want kids? The answer was a very solidified, no, I don't Mm -hmm. want kids. Um, and it, it's changed. And I, I don't even think getting married changed it. I really don't. I think that it was more of like, I don't know. Is it selfish of me to say that? Like, I don't, you know, I want kids because maybe I, there's more than just my husband and me. I don't know. Like, do I want somebody able to take that's care a- of me? Do I want, <laughs> do I, do I want like, you know, I just think that there should be an extension of, of, of like a little me running around would be terrible for everyone. But I think that if, <laughs> like, if I had to, if people had to deal with me, then, you know, there's, there has to be another one. But I, I think that I, so it has changed and I don't, I really can't identify the why I I've seen some of my friends have kids and I, I, mean, really I love kids. I, I, uh, I, I've sort of almost gone the opposite way. Like, uh, you know, six, seven years ago, I ended a relationship with someone who I cared about a lot because they didn't want to have kids. Oh, and wow. I was so sure of the fact that I wanted to have kids. And now I'm like, fully indifferent I like I think it would be a great thing if I was to have children I think it would be okay if I didn't like but like in my 20s I was like I want to be a dad like I I have I have supreme confidence that like I'll be a good father and like I think it'll be something that I'll be good at and I but like right now I like I I don't know if that's like something that I want and I think that that's okay and it's a it's a it's a relief almost getting to this point where it's like I don't feel the pressure to yeah. have to do that because you know I'm I'm a godfather I've got two nieces I've got two nephews like I've got an abundance of little children in my life they're and so cute too when you post pictures so they're so <laughs> cute what are their names thank you uh Mariel Liliana Anthony is a month no, two months old and mm-hmm. uh, Michael is I think he just turned five um Great so ages, like all around yeah. so, so they're like it's all adorable but like there's also like the evenings where like they're not going to sleep and it's like they're screaming and yelling and like yeah. oh, they don't want to eat the, the grilled cheese that you made because they said they wanted a grilled cheese and it's like yeah it's wrong it's the wrong grilled cheese uh, yeah. so it's like these are these are things where like you're like okay cool like yeah i mean there are many 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 more positive moments than negative ones but I'm also I'm capable I'm capable of saying right now that like I'm just not sure anymore yeah. and, like that's okay yeah I think that's fair like we um sorry like there's a I'm in group chat hell right now do you <laughs> yeah, like a group mute. chat I, I hate group chats I mute every single one of my group chats I do too but and I, I should you know I'm just gonna mute my whole phone because I can't do it I um I I'm leaving for uh Arizona on Thursday and like it's just, I feel like it's everybody's first time going somewhere and like, we don't know how to, well, act year, right? what to do. And I'm like, <laughs> I just, I can't answer all your questions. Um, but, and it, whatever, I digress. But anyway, I'm excited to go, but whatever. But I think when it comes to, you know, going back to like the, the kid thing, like I, I always felt pressure. I felt more pressure when I, when it was like a, like a strict no, like, and then everyone would be like, but wait it to justify that yeah yeah and and like you know I I don't feel it as much anymore because I think I am more open to the idea of having kids but now 
as soon as you're married, like as like you could literally, the ink is not dry on your marriage certificate. And they're like, kids, kids tomorrow, kids yesterday. And I, I struggle with that because I just feel like being married and yeah, I got married at 26. Like I did check those boxes in my twenties and, and we've talked about this. Like I checked the boxes, but it didn't make my life any more fulfilling. Like it wasn't these outside you know, things that, that make your life what it is. Like it, it starts with you. I know that sounds really like crunchy granola of me, but like, it's the truth. Like you have to it's like, true though. yeah. And I think that like, I mean, I love, I, I love my life. If I can say that, like I, you know, and I would still love it if I didn't have my house or if I didn't have, I mean, my dog makes everything better, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you know, you, you, it's, it's about you. So I think but as soon as you're married, it's like, you have to subscribe to the idea that now somebody else's life is now more important than yours at first it's Mm -hmm. your husband or your wife um and then it's a child and I am not ready to be like my like you can be married without immediately having a child and Mm -hmm. and then you know putting all your energy into that and I also feel like we need to just stop asking people when they're having kids I just feel like why are we still doing this you have no idea, like, and not that I'm, you know, we're, we're not trying to have kids and, but it, what if I was, and like, it wasn't going great. And you're having oh, trouble. Right, yep. right. Yeah. And, and I think that, and I, I have so many friends who are in that boat right now. And every time, you know, somebody like a, a well-intentioned aunt or, you know, a family friend or whatever is like, well, you know, you've been married for three years. What are you doing? Like, you don't know. And you're not going to yeah. also come out and being like, you know, I, I'm also just very brazen that I start saying things like, you know, not very nice. business. Right. Right. And like, <laughs> I just, you know, it's, I also don't have a poker face. Do you have a good poker face? I do not have a I good do, poker yeah. face. So if I feel a certain yeah. way all over my face, so people <laughs> very quickly know like, oh, I, you don't ask those things. Like, yeah, I, uh, I I do think like I wish there was a little bit more normalization of like allowing couples to like go through their like child, uh, you know, life at their own speed and without yeah. question. And like yeah. I, I've, I've experienced friends who have had like a very easy time getting pregnant and I've had friends who've had extremely difficult circumstances that have like they've experienced and I like like I would like to normalize two things like the the path being their own and like people being able to be more open with like the the trouble that is seemingly more common I think for people in our age to like have kids like it's not like everyone's just like oh bam pregnant kid like it's not that easy and like I wish like you know it's like it just goes back to like the the whole premise of like you get married you get the house you get the kids mm-hmm. like and it just doesn't need to be like well when you know you got engaged when are you gonna buy a house uh yeah. you know you got the girlfriend when are you gonna get engaged when are you get the house when are you get the dog when are you get right. have kids right. it's like i know I, i've reached we, the point we in life where like yeah. yeah like I've, I've reached the point in life where like a non-conformative life is much more appealing to me like i would be perfectly content spending the rest of my life with the same person and never getting married ne- you know we could have kids. We couldn't have kids. Like I, I just don't necessarily ascribe to this fact that I need to like check these boxes anymore. And uh, it's nice. I just feel like that's so refreshing to hear. 
and, and comes with age. <laughs> right. And again, I think that's that, that's that like little, you know, that little piece that maybe people my age are missing. Like we still feel like we do have to keep up with the Joneses. Um, but I did want to ask, cause you had brought up like, you know, people forging their own path is fine. Like that's where I think we, we think that we're, you know, we almost like, I, I, I almost equate it's like you buckle yourself into like a roller coaster and that's the only way you can go because you're in, but like, you don't have to do that. You choose to do it. And then as it's happening, you're like, maybe this, maybe I didn't want to be on this ride. So you get Mm -hmm. off, but I think that you only get off after the ride's over. But I think, you know, for you, I think it's so wildly, you know, important and refreshing to hear you say all of these things about, Hey, I, you know, I had this career or I have a career and like, it didn't bring me joy. And you know what? It's okay to take a minute and figure out what's next. So, I mean, I see that you, you travel, you travel a lot for now, this is like for photography or are you doing it just for fun and you end up taking pictures while you're there? Like, can you kind of walk me through your inspirations? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly both. Uh, It's like very rare. I I mean, the the goal is to be able to be like, yeah, I'm going to X, Y, Z because I've got a photograph for X, Y client, et cetera. Um, But mostly I've just made it a part of like, you know, my life. Right. So like I very seldom leave my house without a camera. Um, I usually have one with me always. And last year, so like in the middle of the pandemic, I got laid off from my job and I got a very generous severance package from the company. And I decided that I would just like travel cross country in my car by myself. Um, And it was like, yeah, it was cool. It was, it was a good time. Um, And it was like a really good, like as cheesy as this sounds like a find yourself experience. Like I took a lot of thoughtful time over the course of that trip. Like I, I, I really keyed into like who I was, what I want, like the things that are going to like fill me up and make me happy in life. And I don't necessarily think until that point, like I had really spent very much time like alone for that level of time. Like you're always with friends, you're always with family. And I think that that experience, like over that, like, you know, 27, 28 days where I traveled across country, I took thousands of photographs uh, that like, it really just like solidified the thing that I want to do. So like for, for me, like I, I would love to get to a point where like my photography career is affording me the opportunity to travel more versus like the, like I, you know, like I said, I've got like a regular job. I'm self-employed. I, I own a couple of companies that like pay my bills that like afford me the opportunity to do the other things. I would like it to work the other way around. Yeah. Um, that like, I can do the thing that I love in a different place versus like me affording to do the thing that I want to do because I have something else that I'm doing. Yeah. That makes sense. So I guess my next question then is like perfect world or perfect reality or, or what you envision for yourself I don't, I don't want to ask you where you see yourself in five years because I really don't like that question but like in a <laughs> I, w- in I a, don't know to answer that right question. right know. well I think that and I would you know what I appreciate that more than like here's exactly what I'm going to be doing in five years because that's that's not right but what do you what is your goal then for for I guess maybe not maybe not professionally but personally like what's a goal that you have for for your like creative lifestyle? I, I mean, like, I, I, it's like a pretty easy thing for me to answer. Like, I want to start like booking, like, very like major photography 
gigs, like whether it's like shooting uh, for a magazine or shooting for a brand, um, you know, shooting, like I would love to get into sports photography. Like I'm trying to get to be able to do like sideline work for, for like the NFL. Like there, so there's like a million things like artistically that like can like, I can professionally look at and say like, I want to be able to do X, Y, Z. Um, and like, I think I'm like on the cusp of being able to like put myself out there. Like I've got like a, a pretty decent portfolio that I can show brands, uh, you know, magazines, online outlets, et cetera. And so like, Hey, this is what I can deliver. Like, I would love to work with you. And like, I, like I've, I've afforded myself the creative freedom that because I don't rely on my passion as my income mm. that I can pick and choose the things that I want to do and like the people that I want to work with. And that's probably not normal in like a, a creative industry, right? It's not like normal for a photographer to be like, I don't want to work with XYZ or I want to, yeah. don't want to do this, but because it's not the thing that I'm deriving my income from, I can pick and choose what I do and how I do it. And that's why I've been super slow to like putting myself out there because I want to make sure that number one, I'm ready. And number two, that I'm in a position to deliver the thing that I say I'm going to do. Um, and then personally, like, you know, I'm, I'm single. I would love to be like in a committed relationship. Like I'm a little old for like the fuck buddy thing and like the, you know, games and shit like, you know, so like, I, I have a, like, where do I see myself in five years? I have no fucking idea. Um, <laughs> where do I see myself at the end of this year? Like, I hope like I've shot my first campaign for someone. Like, I hope that I like, I'm dating someone. I hope that like, you know, everybody in my life is happy and healthy and like very, you know, pretty simple. Like I, I used to have like a laundry list of wishes and dreams, like, right. Like mm -hmm. I want to be making $600,000 a year. And like, I want to be traveling to St. Bart's for two weeks a year. And like, you very quickly realize like, these are just like really unnecessary, like wants and desires. And like, I or, can, like, fleeting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, that I, I think that answers your question. Absolutely answers my question. And I think that, um, I mean, I, I, res I totally respect and, and admire the, the idea of, I want to do this thing or here's what I know I'm doing, but I want to make sure I do it on my terms. I think that a lot of people would sell out way faster than that. And I think, um, I think it's really like bold and, 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 you know, is it cliche to use the word brave? Like, I think it's, like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I think no, that there is, a, that. there's a bravery in that. And I think that like, I don't know. It's definitely the exception to the rule, but I feel like if we're going to be on that same, you know, brand of forging your own path, then I think it would be weirder if you were like, Oh, I'll take the first job I can get. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? No, for um, sure. But like, th there's also some to the extent of like, I, I, I don't like, I'm not naive in that. Like, I think that I'm good enough to do these things yet. Like I'm very conscious of the fact that like, I have a long way to go to be able to produce the work that I no, I'm capable of yeah. doing. And that's also what, like, could I go shoot a wedding? Sure. Could I go shoot a bar mitzvah? Sure. None of those things would make the least bit happy, but they would be monetarily like lucrative. Yeah. Right. But like one of the things that I like, I don't know if I struggle with, but like that I am cognizant of is like, this is the thing that I love to do the most in the world. And I want to do it in which it is still the thing that I love to do the most in the world. And I know that there are things about it that could make it no longer be that thing. Mm -hmm. And like, that's important to me. Yeah. I, and I, I think I said something really similar about the podcast for myself. Like once it stops being fun, 
I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, But I think in a different way, you know, kind of in the same, you know, vein, but I think in a different way, like, this is something that you love so much that, you know, it's like, why would you jeopardize that for, for Mm -hmm. temporary, you know, success or, or something along those lines. I also think, and listen, I got married. I, I, I did that. I would never want to be a wedding photographer ever. <laughs> I just feel like, I mean, listen, I, if I do say so, I was the most low maintenance bride. I didn't care about anything. Um, but I've seen people go totally crazy. So like, I don't know. It's so hard. It's so hard. I give, I give those, like, I've had a lot of friends who shoot weddings and it like, there's nothing easy about what they do. It is an incredibly difficult task and just the amount of shit that they've got to deal with to like produce a like substantial amount of work in a very short period of time and then like get a quick turnaround and like th- th- I don't envy anything about it and like that's it's it's, it's remarkable yeah. And I, yeah and I think there's so much pressure to produce something because it's like the best day of someone's life like <laughs> yeah oh my god like I don't know I I I give credit I give credit credit to anybody who you know does anything remotely close to that even you know just taking photographs not just taking photographs but taking photographs like there's so much you know personal I don't know like a picture of of yourself or a picture that you take is so personal and and you can have a love-hate relationship with it but or either or or both I know for me like I hate having my picture taken hate it me too. That's why I take pictures. <laughs> okay. So I was going to say, like, do you even like having your picture taken? No, but I, I am going to start doing like a personal project where like I photograph myself more and do like a, like a self-portrait series. Yeah. Um, because I think it would be like a good test of like me being able to be comfortable on the other side of things. Yeah. And, uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I hate having my picture taken I and like, it, and it has nothing to do with like me, like being insecure or me, like not liking the way I look, because like I said, I, I am irrationally confident in myself, but I just don't, you know, I'd rather be the person like capturing the image versus than like having my picture taken. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know if mine is as philosophical as that. I just <laughs> hate it. I just hate it. I, I don't know if it's a height thing. I don't know if it's an insecurity thing. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Um, oh man, not good. Not even. Okay. So you asked me to pick a picture to send you, I, you, I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do. I, is it weird if I, like, I kind of like this picture of myself. Is it weird that I like it? I don't know. Like the amount of thought that went into it, I was like, I'm about to send him like my baby picture. And that's it. Like, this is me, (laughs) February 25th, two pounds, 15 ounces. Like this is the best. Two pounds? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was born three months early holy yeah. shit my birthday was supposed wow. to be may 16th and i was born wow. february 25th yeah good stuff God, i uh boss, yeah. listen i uh i have what's now called um i think medically it's uh referred to as a napoleon complex <laughs> medically. <laughs> medically speaking um so yeah i mean i yeah i'm i, I don't know i will i don't remember much of the experience but uh <laughs> it was scary I guess for my parents yeah yeah, I mean I but yeah so I I don't know maybe it's a maybe that maybe it all just stems from being in an incubator that I don't like having my picture taken let's let's blame it on that but uh (laughs) all right my my next question are you ready for it Uh, 
what are you in short supply of? I, uh, I've been thinking about this throughout the duration of the podcast um, because I wanted to come up with like this immensely profound uh, answer to your question. Um, but I'm afraid to disappoint. But I think like right now, the thing that I'm most in short supply of is like perspective. And I struggle with this a lot, like being extremely thankful for like everything that I have and like all the people in my life. And like, I heard this story this weekend about like uh, a goalie for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He was 24 years old. He oh got hit God. in the chest yeah, with this. like a firework, firework and passed away. Yeah. Like some crazy fluke freak accident. And I think what I'm in short supply right now is like just being like extremely thankful and like happy and content with everything that I have. And that's like all the positives and all the negatives that I have going on. And uh, like, I would like to, you know, I want to start writing more and like being more like present in the moment of like what's going on in my life. And like, just being thankful that like things can change in an absolute instance. And uh, you know, that's, that's, that's scary, but it's also like a, a, like a really profound reminder of just like the fragility of life. And so like, for me, I'm like right now, um, I'm working on being a lot more present and a lot more cognizant of like all of the blessings that I have. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. That story like like shook me to my core. He was 24, yeah. um, and it's also I think I think you're a hundred percent right. Like we don't think about our blessings as blessings while we're like living through it. It's only when something happens that you're like, oh. I have to be so grateful of mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, but it's like, why weren't you always grateful? Well, because we don't live like that, but it is, yeah. it has to be an intention. I, um, I do a gratitude journal every day that actually nice. helps me. It's just like, I write down three things that I'm grateful for every day from the past 24 hours. And the rule is that like, it has to be insignificant, small things. Like it can't be like, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for, you know, um, my husband. Like, it's like, I think what I wrote, yesterday was like, I'm grateful for the fact that I didn't cook dinner last night. Like something really simple because like that brought me joy. Like I didn't cook and it was great. Like it has to be these like small things. And you got Taco Bell instead, right? What'd you say? I say you got Taco Bell instead, right? I did not get Taco Bell. No, Uh, I haven't had Taco Bell. Oh, don't finish that sentence. I don't want to hear it. Why? It it just seems too long. (laughs) It's a, it's a long time. Yeah. I don't want you to finish it. (laughs) <laughs> are you a fast food guy no no i just love taco bell uh yeah. well i i love taco bell too don't get oh, me God. wrong but <laughs> i have to not make my way there there's one right by my house no we haven't, i haven't had it in a few years oh my god mm-hmm. oh god our yeah. friendship is over <laughs> it was short-lived <laughs> it was it was no. in short supply of yeah, friendship. Yeah, yeah. no i uh no i do love taco bell you know what it is when they took the potato griller off of the menu, I was out. I'm a cheesy gordita crunch guy. I just like think it is the greatest single any item menu? on any menu. Yeah, it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. There was a time where I I worked at um the makeup store Ulta when I was like in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would do the early morning shift, like before the store opened. Like I would like set everything up and you know, whatever. So I'd have to be there at like six o'clock in the morning. And I would, I had this like really bad habit of just swinging by the McDonald's drive-thru on my way and like housing an egg McMuffin. 
Um, Nothing wrong with that. Um, it was like every Saturday for like. <laughs> right, maybe months. something wrong with that. And I remember being like, what am I doing? Like, why is like, is this the low point where I'm just like, I don't even realize I'm doing it. When, when you don't realize you're in the drive-thru and you're like, Oh, okay. I did it again. (laughs) Right. Oh man. How did I get here? But, um, yeah, I, I do, I do love fast food, but I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's like a, it's a full stop for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. So last night I was at, um, McLoon's in Pure Village, which is like the equivalent of a Taco Bell. I'm like, yeah, I'll have the, the, flatbread pizza with the french fries like, it's the same thing it's just in it a nicer setting yeah. um yeah but 16 dollars instead of six literally literally yeah. flatbread 24 dollars. Oh, okay this is just an elio's pizza with like <laughs> one real tomato on it thank you yeah nice. um but yeah all right so so i i mean i do like the i do understand the idea of that perspective, you know, shift of like, I should feel, but I feel like if I may, I think you do have a pretty good grasp or a pretty good perspective on things from an outside. I try to, in. Yeah. I try to, but I think but it's like, I, I, I know when I'm like, either when I'm like on point with it or when I'm like, not. And like, as of late, I've been like very self-centered, like very, like not on it. And I yeah. like, I'm cognizant of it. And this is like, why it's something that like, I need to like work on like yeah. right now. But like next month, it might be, you know, something different. Yeah. Yeah. So you asked me about um, my favorite movie and it made me think about, did I, did I ask you what yours was? You didn't know. Well, can I ask you now what your favorite movie is? No, you can't. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, it's been really nice having you. (laughs) It's, it's the hardest question for me to answer because I have like literally I've, I see every movie. I've seen like fucking everything. I own 196 movies on Apple TV, like plus or whatever. Yeah. Like I bought them all. So like, I, I love everything from the Godfather to Goodfellas to uh, wedding crashers to uh, rom-coms, no strings attached, fucking about time, 500 days of summer, begin oh, again, so the secret life of Walter Mitty. Like I just, I have a plethora of okay. things. So it's impossible for me to be like one. Okay. Do you have like a flavor of the week? Uh, I rewatched the John Wick series this weekend. Those are oh, just yeah. like wildly, wildly entertaining films. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've seen all the Marvel movies a bunch of times. Like I'm a big fan of those. Yeah, so uh, love me some Harry Potter. Um, there's a movie called The Way uh, with Charlie, uh, no, uh, um, Martin Sheen, Charlie Sheen's dad, um, which I find to be like a very, very, very beautiful and poetic movie. And I think it gives you good life perspective. So whenever like I feel like I'm lacking, I throw that movie on. I I own movies for moods, like truly, like when I'm like, when I want to laugh, I've got a comedy. When I want to watch an action movie, I got an action movie. When I need like life perspective, I've got X, Y, Z. And like, I'm very, I have something for every <laughs> mood. I mean, that's, that's a good way to be. I was just thinking of, um, I, I don't want to butcher the title, but oh, I think it was called like the life and death of David Gale or like the life yeah. of David Gale. Do you know what I'm talking about with Kevin Spacey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie, I remember I watched it. I don't know if it was like for school or I watched it like for a reason. And I remember that movie 
um, kind of changed the way that I looked at movies. Like I always thought of it as like an entertainment thing, but that movie I think was like the first one that made me like question, like um, maybe I, maybe just like the way that I viewed media. That, but that was a that was a fucked up movie. Yeah, it was a fucked up movie. He's also a fucked up human being, but yeah. <laughs> I was well. I was gonna say that was my next piece of like I don't, I won't watch it now. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. I mean, everybody's got. I feel like every day it's another like, oh, well, can't can't like this person anymore. Yeah. Well, that's one of the joys of living in a cancel culture where people are, listen, like there, I mean, there are outwardly shitbag human beings like Kevin Spacey who like rape people, yeah. like whatever, like that's like an entire genre of shitbags in and of itself. But like people can't make mistakes anymore. And like, it's an exhausting time to live in when like your personal growth is no longer allowed to be a thing. You need to have right. been an angel from birth to death. And otherwise, the, you know, the woke mob is going to come and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just an exhaust. It's exhausting. It's like, like, aside from having like done an actual like illegal thing or something that is like reprehensible in, mm-hmm. in verbal use, et cetera, you know, like whatever. Right. Th- it's just like you it just sways back and forth. Like you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, you did that when it was okay, but now it's not okay. It's like, right. You can't win for losing. I think that I have a really hard time with cancel culture because it doesn't allow for mistakes to be made. It doesn't allow for growth. It's, it's, you're, it's, it's for lack of better words, it's black and white. Like you (laughs) have to be perfect. And I think there's a spectrum. I think that, listen, you can't come back from the Kevin Spacey's or the Jeffrey Epstein's sure. or the, or the, 100%. you know, right. Like, or the hard ones. Like you can't, yeah. yeah. You can't come back from that. Like you are on an Island that I no longer wish to even like think about, but I also like, maybe this isn't the best example, but I think about like Chrissy Teigen, right? Like people hate her now mm-hmm. because yeah. of a tweet that she put out. 12 years ago. Well, she told some, she told some girl to kill herself. That right. was like fucked up. <laughs> right. Of course it's fucked up. No, I'm not saying that I, that I agree yeah. or disagree, but I'm saying like, if I were the same person that I was 12 years ago, like, yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's, that's was a bad example, but you know what no, I mean? No, it's not. Like, no, I totally understand. It's like comedians who like make like racially insensitive jokes. Like when do we get to the point where like, you can't make fun of a person for like their ethnicity. Right. You can't make fun of a person for like their disability. Like, it's it's a joke it's like a these joke. guys are not a serious. professional they're a comedian it's not like me being like oh my god danielle you're a midget like fuck you like it's <laughs> not that right it's like these are people who are That's like unfair. making jokes it's like you're, you're trying to cancel a comedian for something he said on stage it's an act it's not like right. these are not their beliefs it's like, his job it's just to be controversial yeah it's it's a, yeah. exhausting i it's, have a, i have a truly exhausting yeah i think you're right and i think like yeah i uh cancel culture makes me very nervous it just yeah, it it, it, it's it's not like a like a nervous thing like it's just like, like i'm sure like when i wrote that viral article like i got a lot of love and i got a lot of hate like people were telling me i was misogynist and like i'm a sexist and like all these things and i was like i don't understand how you could read something where i'm like telling women that they are in power and control of everything that they do and that's misogynistic but it is misogynistic because i'm a man i'm not allowed to tell a woman that she's allowed to be in power and in control of our own life. And it's like, I don't, I don't understand. Like we can't have dialogues and conversations anymore. It's just like, you're either right or you're wrong. And it's just, it's an exhausting time to live in. 
it's it like it's, it's 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 extremely exhausting it's like i i would rather people be like you are not right for this opinion but like let's talk about it so you can understand and if you don't agree with that like that's okay like we yeah. are still allowed to be individualistic and have yeah. opinions that don't be the same across every single human being <laughs> I, yeah i think that when you know somebody has like a very passionate opinion about something they want so badly for people to think the way that they do so they're just going to say it louder and more aggressively and hope that it sticks when it's like if we kind of like scaled back and had the understanding of we're going to see this differently and that doesn't mean that either one of us are right or wrong it's just that that's the way the the cookie crumbles like we were not allowed to do like we're that's not a thing anymore but i did just have a thought Mm -hmm. do you think that if your article that went viral if that were to come out now what do you think it would have been like uh i'm sure i would have been canceled yeah i mean i would say like the it's funny because it's like it was a very polarizing piece when it came out and it didn't go viral to like 10 11 months after i wrote it so there's such like a like a long slow process before like the momentum built to like where i was afforded opportunities to like talk with huffington post live and i did an interview with cosmopolitan magazine online uh like this like a whole bunch of shit so like took a really long time and like there were there was no in between. There was no like, oh, this is okay. It was like, this is either really great or really shitty. And I think when you have something that is like complete polar ends of the spectrum, like it's either beloved or hated, you're most likely going to end up canceled. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I, think I, you're right. I mean, I, I read it back on one of my podcasts. I know. Episodes. I listened like, to that one. I'm, I'm like so embarrassed by it. It's like, I, I find like a lot of the things that I've written like to be just like cringeworthy and like just the writing itself to be non, not good. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, it's overly am, am I, am I, am I proud of it now? I don't know. I mean, like a million people like something I did, like, that's cool. The piece itself, like, I wish it was like one of any other dozen or so pieces that I've written for them, like versus, you know, that one, but like, yeah. you know, it is what it is. If it was today, I'd, I would say I'm, 80-20 canceled versus like or celebrated. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it could go either way. But I still think regardless, um, regardless of if it doesn't or if it yeah, if it doesn't hold up as well as as we thought it would, or you know, it 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 was from it was from a while ago. Like there is room for yeah. growth there. And I think I think you can still appreciate it for what it was, even if it's uh Cringy. I mean, I think I think you take the fact that like I, I don't necessarily think the writing was good, but I think the the point that I was trying to make was like very simply like we accept the love we think we deserve, and like if you are unhappy in your love life, you are accepting something that is less than what you desire. Yeah. And, like that was the thing I was trying to go for, but maybe I didn't say it in the right way. Like that was like the perspective that I was trying to articulate. But again, I'm just not a good writer, so <laughs> it, it is what it is. True. I think you could even do a piece now like looking back and like comparing it like I don't know I'm always just thinking in an English teacher's perspective right like you know thinking about it where maybe you did miss the mark of what you were trying to articulate but that doesn't mean you can't try again and being like okay yeah no I later I would would love to (laughs) see there you go next project so you're welcome maybe (laughs) anyway I don't want to keep you thank you for 
being on it's I'm so pleasantly like not surprised but just like it was an awesome experience talking to you a few days ago and I you know I went in with no expectations just because I've you know, I, the, the roles were reversed where it's like, okay, I'm coming onto your podcast. So I didn't really know what to expect. And it was awesome. And I'm glad that we got to do this again. Um, thank you so much for, for coming. Oh, you're welcome. So, so appreciative for you to have me on. I really appreciate it. It was was so fun. It is fun. Oh, well, (laughs) humble and modest of me to agree with you. No, I'm just kidding. But thank you. Um, and then tell everybody where they can find you, what they can subscribe to. Go ahead. And give sure. Your so uh, I'm just at John Pachuto everywhere. Um, Instagram, Twitter, etc. And uh, you can catch the Wrong Advice podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, pretty much everywhere. And uh, my episode with Danielle will be dropping tomorrow. So make sure to check it out. Yay. So exciting. Yeah. Maybe I'll put mine out tomorrow too. This way it's just like an all for one. We could just, you know, <laughs> a John and Danielle overload. Yeah. Right. Like a, like a crossover episode. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like almost yeah. Shitty, like WB 11. Crossover show. event. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let me stop recording this so I can put you out of your misery. Thank you again. Thank you so much for listening to in short supply. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share. Intro and outro music by Kevin McLeod.